0: So we've got the new Ikea Hub, the Acura Hub M3 is on its way, as well as the Hoops Pro Hub, and now Hubitat has announced support for Apple Home. Well, I've used this joke in the past, but let's see what all the hubbub is about. Let's get into it. Greetings Internet, my name is Dustin and this is the My HomeKit Home Podcast, and here we look at the smart home with an Apple HomeKit and Accessibility Focus. Other than the deluge of matter announcements, it seems that a fairly odd trend that we're seeing in the HomeKit world as of late is these all-in-one hubs, and I'm not talking about Apple Home Hubs, but rather these hubs that allow you to connect different protocols like Zigbee or Thread to your Apple Home. So in today's episode, I thought we'd talk about a couple of these as well as a few new products from Acura. And then we'll talk about the difference between shortcuts as opposed to full home kit support. But before we get into that, I do want to give a quick shout out to everyone who has given us a rating and review. It really does help to grow the show and it gives me a chance to keep my finger on the pulse of what you guys actually think. I've also been uploading the episodes to the My HomeKit Home YouTube channel if you prefer to listen that way. It's not a video podcast, but if that's something that you're interested in, head over there and leave me a comment on one of those episodes and we'll see what we can do about making it happen. Either way, I appreciate you listening. And now on to the news and the first bit is from Hoobs with the introduction of Hoobs Pro. If you're not familiar, Hoobs stands for HomeBridge Out of the Box, which is a standalone solution for or HomeBridge, which is a lightweight Node.js server which allows you to add unsupported smart home devices to Apple Home. So if you want to control devices from companies like TP-Link, Ring, SwitchBot, Roborock, this is one of the ways that you can do it. And it seems that Hoops Pro is looking to bridge the gap between their software and hardware. This new smart home hub will have dual band Wi-Fi, Bluetooth is a thread border router, a Zigbee 3.0 hub, and will be Matter compatible, and Hoobs is claiming that it will directly pair and control over 5,000 devices. While this is very impressive, it's also very expensive, with pre-orders coming in at $399 in the US and $499 at launch. That's not to say, however, that it isn't worth it since it is a pretty complete solution for your smart home with an incredible amount of control, flexibility, and support. It'll be really interesting to see how this beast actually integrates when it's released in March of next year. Seemingly coming out of left field was Hubitat's announcement that its Elevation Hub would be gaining Apple Home support. This is significant for us in the HomeKit world for a number of reasons, but it is the most affordable and only second way that I'm aware of, of actually pulling in Z-Wave devices into your HomeKit setup. Hubitat also supports Zigbee and therefore can bring in those supported devices as well. Hubitat has been known for some really powerful automations and a wide range of supported devices with the Hubitat user community being able to actually develop support for unsupported devices all the while being super user friendly so I'm really excited to see how this actually integrates into HomeKit. This firmware update is available now for all Elevation Hubs and you'll find links in the show notes for where to get yours. So these two, along with the new IKEA hub and the forthcoming M3 hub from Acura, leave no shortage of getting a ton of accessories into your HomeKit home. Speaking of Acura and no shortage of HomeKit devices, they are back with another couple of pretty unique smart home accessories. First up last week, Acura released an updated version of their popular Cube controller, which now has native support for HomeKit. The Cube T1 Pro and the original Cube allow you to control smart home accessories and scenes by flipping, rotating, tapping, pushing, and even shaking the Cube, but there is a catch with the T1 Pro. When using it in HomeKit, you can only assign actions to each of the six sides of the Cube. So essentially, whenever the Cube is flipped to a side, it will trigger whatever action or scene that you have assigned to the side that's facing up. Now I don't have the Cube T1 Pro yet, but I do have and use the original Cube at my desk to control a variety of devices and scenes here in the studio and it's actually really easy to use particularly from an accessibility point of view because I can actually remember which physical action does what. Now I'm not sure if this new version has tactile marks and even if it does or if I added tactile stickers to it for me as a blind user it seems pretty impractical because I would need to feel around on the device find whichever scene I wanted to trigger and then flip the device accordingly as opposed to just simply pushing it or shaking it or whatever in order to get the desired accessory or scene to trigger. And now that I think about it, that might not actually be a blindness issue. That might just be an issue with this device itself, considering that you would need to actually pick it up and flip it around to get whatever side you wanted facing up. Now, I know that tapping and sliding and shaking aren't triggers in HomeKit, but since it does show up in HomeKit as a six-button switch, it seems that they could have assigned those six physical actions to the different buttons allowing us to actually use those really unique ways of controlling our smart home in HomeKit. In any event it is a pretty slick way of controlling your smart home but I suppose it isn't for everybody. Now a couple of weeks back Acura released another product the Pet Feeder C1 which is exactly that it's a connected automatic food dispenser for your furry friend. The Pet Feeder C1 connects over Zigbee and therefore requires one of their Zigbee 3.0 hubs and it allows you to set up automated feeding schedules, remotely dispense food, and even set up cool automations like setting one of your Acura indoor cameras to record at feeding time so you can make sure that your beloved pet is eating well. I would totally be into this for my dog Bruno, but I am slightly concerned that he would just destroy it. But if your pet isn't a complete maniac, it might actually alleviate yet another chore. While the pet feeder C1 doesn't connect directly to HomeKit since there isn't a product category for pet feeders yet, it does have support for shortcuts which allows you to control it using Siri or to add it to HomeKit scenes and automations. And that seems as good a segue as any to talk about shortcuts, or as they're also known, series shortcuts. But first, let's briefly talk about somewhere you don't want to take a shortcut, and that's your online privacy. One of the reasons that a lot of us choose HomeKit is its stance on privacy and end-to-end encryption, but that doesn't have to stop at your smart home. ExpressVPN protects your connection with 256-bit AES, DNS-slash-IPv6 leak protection, kill switch, and split tunneling. Now, I'll be real and tell you that I'm not even sure that that's English, but what I can tell you is that ExpressVPN has a no-log policy and allows you to anonymously connect to servers in over 90 countries from just about any device, including just about any Apple device. That's why I've been using ExpressVPN for over two years now. So whether you're scoping out HomeKit gear overseas, perusing the latest reality TV from Luxembourg, or whatever else it is you do online, it's your business. And it should stay that way. And as a My HomeKit Home podcast listener, you can get three months free with a one-year subscription. Just go to expressvpn.com slash home to sign up. That's expressvpn.com slash home for three free months with a one-year subscription. Don't take a shortcut with your online privacy. Go to expressvpn.com slash home today. And now let's talk about some shortcuts you should take. Siri Shortcuts, later shortened to just Shortcuts, is a native Apple app that allows you to string together a wide variety of actions from a lengthy list of apps and services to create potentially mega-complex automations, and this includes your HomeKit Home. You can activate your Shortcuts either using Siri or by tapping its icon in the Shortcuts app or a widget or home screen icon from just about any Apple device. The app also allows you to create personal automations which enable you to trigger a shortcut based on a variety of actions like a leaving or arriving at a location, starting a Fitness Plus workout, charging your phone, or even NFC tags which deserve their own segment. Apple even added a shortcut to the Home app so that you can convert a scene into a shortcut allowing you to add other actions from other apps into it. But one of the coolest things that I find about shortcuts is that developers and manufacturers can integrate them into their apps, letting you use Siri to control all sorts of devices that aren't HomeKit compatible, and better yet, add them to scenes and automations as if they were. Robots from iRobot, Neato, and Roborock all have support for Siri shortcuts, which means you can add them to your leaving home automations, having them vacuum your bedroom and mop the kitchen whenever you leave home, along with turning off all the lights, closing the blinds, locking your door, setting your pet's favorite playlist, feeding your pet, and even arming your security system, all without lifting a finger. So it kind of makes you wonder why device makers would even want to go through the HomeKit certification process to begin with. Well, unfortunately, I'm not sure that there's a single answer. As a user, it's definitely nice to have all of my devices in one single app, but that hasn't been the case since I started my smart home. I've always used manufacturer's app for firmware updates and device-specific features. Also although Apple's Home app is convenient, I don't find myself using it that much. My home either runs on automations or I use a widget or control center for on-the-fly control. Plus, Apple's Home app doesn't even allow you to do everything that you can do in HomeKit, so I find myself relying more on third-party apps which tend to be more robust. There's also something to be said here about what being HomeKit certified means, or at least used to mean. In the olden days, whenever you saw that works with Apple HomeKit badge, it meant that device actually had a physical chipset built into the device itself. Then came software authentication, which made it easier for device makers to join the club. And now, or at least soon, we have Matter, which as far as I can tell, has similar, if not the same, rigorous security and privacy standards. So sure, developers and manufacturers need to go the extra mile for HomeKit certification if they want to add features like Adaptive Lighting or HomeKit Secure Video, but I do think that a lot of that pride and privilege that that badge represents has or at least is starting to fade. Now, don't get me wrong here, I don't think this is a bad thing at all, in fact, I think it's the opposite, it's an evolution. The only issue is whether the whole thing becomes too convoluted for consumers and they end up throwing in the smart home towel. And there will always be HomeKit loyalists like I assume you are, but I think that the idea of having one single app to control your home is just a pipe dream. Okay, okay, so I went off on a bit of a tangent there. So what's the connection to shortcuts and why wouldn't manufacturers opt for it as opposed to full HomeKit support? In my eyes, it's all about control. Local control to be more exact. You see, shortcut integrations require commands to be sent through the cloud, which means if there's no internet, there's no control. There are also a number of other perks to going all-in on HomeKit, like more intuitive Siri control, a wider range of device automation triggers, and inclusion in the home database, exposing the device and its services to third-party apps for even further integration. So then why go the shortcuts route? There are a couple of reasons, the first of which is lack of HomeKit support. As it stands now, the number of supported product categories in HomeKit is fairly limited. If you make a smart espresso maker and you want users to be able to choose between different grinds, brew styles, or other settings, there simply isn't support for this in the HomeKit framework. If you produce a robot mop and you want users to be able to clean a specific zone or room of a house, that poor robot just wouldn't know where to go since HomeKit doesn't have a map of your house. Sure, it has the names of rooms, but it has no way of knowing the relationship between those rooms on a physical plane. So these are two examples of how shortcuts can really amplify your smart home experience in the Apple ecosystem. They pick up the slack in HomeKit and allow for more precise control based on a specific accessory. Shortcuts can also be integrated into devices that also have HomeKit support. Take for example the Sensible Pure Smart Air Purifier, which I just reviewed on the YouTube channel and blog by the way, links in the show notes. It has HomeKit support with its power, fan speeds, and air quality sensor all being exposed to HomeKit. But it also has this really cool feature called Pure Boost which ramps up the power beyond what it normally does. Since there isn't a setting for this in HomeKit, a shortcut plays the role perfectly. Now, admittedly, I don't use shortcuts as much as I probably should. I don't have one of those fancy shortcuts supporting robots yet and I sadly haven't sprung for Acura's Pet Feeder, but I can definitely see the value in having not only these types of devices in my smart home, but also these specific devices because they support shortcuts. But those are just my thoughts on shortcuts versus full-on HomeKit support. Let me know what you think on social media at MyHomeKitHome, home, and don't forget to check out the blog and YouTube channel for even more HomeKit and smart home accessibility content. You'll find links to those as well as everything else that we talked about in today's episode in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the end, and we'll catch you in the next one. Take care.